Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear it. We are going to get our... We are First of all, thank you for all for being with us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. Uh, the first one is going to be to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo codes for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, Capital C and Corners, Capital P and Podcast, to save 10% off your order. Our other shout-out goes to someone else, which Matt's going to handle. Yeah, that'd be to uh, Orlando Cologne. You know, he's my Mr. Wonderful, guys. That's my yeah. segue. That's Matt, my segue. Matt, that sounds like a segue. Yep. It does sound like a segue. But before we go to that, can I yeah. can I actually throw out another shout-out? Yeah. Uh, just a shout-out to our buddy, uh, Open Airlock Policy. Did we have you said his name on the air? Yeah, I mean he was, he was on like, the show. Yeah, well Tim. We'll just like, call I know him he Tim. didn't. He didn't want to. I guess he didn't want to like his full name because he doesn't doesn't really go by that. But um, yeah, open air like policy. He has a YouTube channel. Um, we we've been on his show. He's been on our show. Uh, I guess what he just recently celebrated. He Friday he had like a, he, a show celebrating. He he got, he did a. It was like. I think last month he celebrated having a thousand subscribers and then he um just got monetized by youtube last week yep yeah so he had a he had like a celebratory um show uh friday night i watched a little bit of it but uh friday nights uh are well <laughs> i had some real life issues going on friday night my daughter caught uh norovirus from her daycare uh, which meant me and my wife caught it uh, the following day. And let me tell you something. It's not fun. No. It's not fun. Remember when I, people were getting that from Chipotle because they were yes. using, um, what was yeah. it, organic meat that I, has lesser health standards than regular? I thought it was I lettuce. Have, I, have not, I have not ate at Chipotle since all that. They um, changed their practices. No. Uh, yeah, it, that, was not, that was not a fun weekend. I puked up things i did not even realize i ate <laughs> saturday you make sure and your soul didn't come out in the middle of i it? think part of it did i think part of we, it we yeah, got so we got some bug like a decade ago and <clears throat> i swear i was trying to puke up things in my toes yeah yeah it was not fun and then uh it's like days later i still don't have my full appetite back uh but anyway that was my daughter was throwing up she projectile vomited on me Thursday night and then uh, was she was home Friday and then also vomited on me uh, Friday night. So that was most of my evening. I didn't get a really good a chance to watch much of uh, 
Tim's show, but uh, he did have that on Friday. His he has a YouTube channel again, Open Airlock Policy. He's got over a thousand subscribers. Uh, mm-hmm. He gave us a shout out, apparently plugged yeah, us on his show, which was nice. So uh, just, I was there for about half of it. He, <clears> I um, <throat> usually if I go on to his live streams, I chuck him five or ten bucks on his his um super chat thing. So if you do watch one of his live streams, give him money because um, he's a good guy. He's been our bud for probably since the mid 2000s. I want to say. Oh yeah, I, we've yeah yeah that'd be we've great. known him probably close to 20 years. He's a close gi- to, at least like at least like 15. I would he's say. A, he's a big boy yeah. too. I met him once. I think he's like legitimately he's like six five maybe. He's six six. six. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a yeah he's boy. the he's the Haas. He's, like, he's got yeah, he's, he's got three host. inches on me. Yeah. So really? How wait? How tall are you? I'm six three. I think sure, I always I always view you as bigger than that. I view you like as six 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 seven. Shad's got <laughs> like a Shad's got like Shad's got like that big frame that makes him look like he's bigger than he is. I think. I see your cosplay photos and I figure like he oh Shad's <laughs> just like a giant. Yeah. Well, I've got those. Those usually have <clears throat> boots with some pretty good sole to them. Yeah. Because I use actual boots for it. I don't, uh, you know, and they've got good tread and that sort of stuff. So that probably adds a couple inches. But the only time you kind of look normal size is when you're standing next to Night Mage. And that's because that dude. <laughs> yeah, that's because a, he's like freaking jacked. Yeah. yeah. Night Mage is, is, he's about six feet tall and he is jacked. That's the guy that could, that's a guy that could cosplay as hulk hogan and talk about the 24 inch pythons and not be exaggerating that much hey, he did a uh he did a he-man last week um and you know, he I didn't have an undershirt for it so you know he still he will always be my favorite and i will tell this this to his face whenever i go to a convention around here because i live in the same state as him he will always be my favorite for doing a night thrasher cosplay yeah. with the skateboard mm. With the skateboard, yeah, and the and the Zeus that worked too. Oh, the Zeus is fantastic. I actually thought the two I thought of his that were fantastic were his um his Martian Manhunter was really good. Yeah, and his um his um I'm gonna say is it Raiden from from Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's Raiden. Yeah, those two I thought were fantastic. He also his his Spawn costumes are Todd McFarlane approved like in person so we're kind of dancing around the point because the subject for tonight's not um not exactly shiny happy no um brad or matt's segue about mr wonderful so on the the one time when news doesn't break the day after we record it's because of the passing of mr wonderful paul orndorff now did Uh, did you guys watch that um, promo I sent you? He did with Mean Gene and like the WWE, where he's talking about how hard his life is because like, you know, he's just doing his thing and all these women like keep leaving their husbands for him and stuff. <laughs> and 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 it's so great because like I, I don't know if you watched it, but like Mean Gene's like playing along with him and Mean Gene's like, man, it just gotta be so hard to be you. <laughs> and then he says something at the end, and Mean Gene just starts laughing. I always love the promos where you can get Mean Gene to break, because um, he's he's usually just so stoic. But if you can crack him up, you 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 pulled something special. My my favorite is an outtake with the Iron Sheik where they're doing some Thanksgiving Day thing, 
and they had like a turkey in a cage and he just starts like shit talking the turkey and he lets it out for a minute and like pretends to spit on it. Then he um he like shoves it back in the cage and the the, the stand with the turkey starts falling. And like the whole time he's doing this, like me jeans just like got his arm in his shoulder because he's laughing hysterically. Like I said, the thing that's so great is Mean Gene was always such professional that if you could get him to crack, you you knew you'd done something. You knew you'd done something. Um, but and so it, it it didn't. It was easier to get Shivani to break. Um, but you know, it's not quite the same. His um him keeping a straight face um for the the Booker T Hulk Hogan incident is um <laughs> That's impressive, she, isn't it? Even though Sherry Martell thought it was hilarious. She lot she cracked immediately. Booker covered his face up and he turned to Stevie Ray, I think. Like Booker said that or did Mean Gene just do it do the transition back to the I think the, he did the transition back to him. Okay, he, Stevie Ray's just standing there looking at the camera like, you can't laugh at that. You can't laugh at that. Well, he said, he did an interview after like years later, and he said, like, I thought I was going to lose my job, and Hulk Hogan comes walking up, and he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and he, but he did say, I think we said it on the show, but his thing was like, yeah, it's like I got a little too real there for a minute. Yeah. Well, th- it, it was a really good promo, but... Uh... Until he did that, and that was just kind of, kind of just derailed everything. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I know it wouldn't fly today, but it, it does actually. I mean, it's how they would talk, like in character, yeah. I think, for Harlem Heat. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the um, we're gonna have to, yeah, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Wendor, he'd been um, in a pretty bad decline for a while. And um, I'm going to say this now. Hope everything's okay. Um, I'm going to say this now. Not, and I, I, I'll tell you why, but there was, his son had a video out a while back. Um, but, and I'm not, I'm going to tell you, don't go seeking it out. His son published it because the idea was of awareness of what CTE does to people. But it, it, ju- it makes you sad. Um, to see someone like Paul Orndorff in that state. That video? Yeah. Yeah, it got – this. his son got a lot of heat uh, for publishing that. Um, whatever his intentions, his intentions, you know, were, were meant to be good. It got a lot of, like – it got some negative attention. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really watch it just because – I didn't, if you, I didn't watch it and God. I have no need to, but people that get upset when people publish things like that, I think sometimes there there is a large segment of people that need a smack in the face to what, like, head trauma does to people. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's still, it's really hard. Because, um, I mean, I don't know... I know where I started enjoying football less is when Junior Seau killed himself because of CTE. Oh, yeah. That's, like, where football just never felt quite the same anymore. Yeah. Because, I, mean, I, I mean, I wasn't a Chargers fan, but, like, when, you know, through the 90s, like, he was, like, the guy. He was the guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
Um, but wasn't he known for um, basically being like like a really stand up dude who, yeah. who like you know gave back to his community a lot and that sort yeah, of thing? Pretty much. So yeah, that that sort of stuff. I, yeah, that that well, that's part of why I ended up hanging it up. You know, my neck was screwed up and I'd had enough knocks on the head he, that I was concerned. He was kind of like the the JJ Watts of his era. Okay. Just like that, that like everyone loved him. Like he just was a stand-up guy that everyone seemed to like. Yeah. Nary a bad word to be said about him. All right. And so we're at this place where, um, you know, sure there are some people that that well, no no one's obviously saying anything, but I, I'm sure that he crossed paths with some people that maybe didn't like him as much, but it's it still, it just makes, it, it makes you sad to see that happen to somebody that you saw be such a vibrant person. You know, it, people who make it on TV as wrestlers are typically very vibrant, big personality people. And to see, see one of them, you know, in that kind of state, that's just, that's it, hard. I don't think people that are a bit younger don't understand. Like he was a massive star in yeah. the eighties. Like he could, he has a legitimate argument as, as being Hogan's best opponent in WWF in the eighties. Uh, was he, was it the high, I don't know if this is accurate. Cause I, I heard we've, we've heard that he like Hogan drew a lot of money yep. infused with like Kamala, but was he like his, like top opponent in terms of it was either he was up there i think boss man might have been his best gate. drawing <laughs> orndorff was I up there but I, I, I think I, boss man was boss man was really high up there too i i think i heard on a server uh earlier today uh that hogan and orndorff had like a uh, it was a house show in was was it it was in canada it was Toronto. I think it was the big event. I think it was on TV, and they thought they thought they were gonna draw like fifteen thousand, and they pulled like fifty thousand for them. Whoa. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh no. I I think on the Observer they were saying something like sixty thousand. It was some ridiculous number, like literally like WrestleMania numbers, like <laughs> not kayfabe WrestleMania numbers, like literally right, WrestleMania right, okay. numbers. Um, let me try and research this really quickly. Have you ever seen that cage match they have where they're just stiffing the crap out of each other? I, I sadly clips from it for a, a few that has like a lot of a heat and everything. Like I actually, God, I don't think any of their matches. There was one on. There was mm-hmm. one on that cage match set they did in the two thousands. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm looking it up. It's the big event is was the yeah, what's it called? I get and I it looks like I I'm seeing a, a Coliseum home video cover, so they must have taped it. But it was oh man, I think it's it it might well I would say it might be on the network, but I don't know what I don't know what what's on Peacock. Hey, they just not, put but, all the world class up, so they might actually be keeping good on putting the old stuff back up. Hmm. I'll I'll look for this because maybe I can try and watch it this weekend. But uh, it was the big event. It was a, a special house show in Toronto on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty six. Hmm. Sixty one thousand four hundred and seventy fans. 
Wow. Like, that's huge. And looking at the card, the card uh, has some interesting matches, but it wasn't... It was a house show card. It, it wasn't like a... Be a card. Like... Yeah, I mean, it, this is not a special card. No, it wasn't really till 87 until they started figuring those cards out. But I think they had a cage oh, match. The, oh, they had the Rougeos versus the Green, green Team. I think they had a cage match on a Saturday night's main event, too. In, like, early 87. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, which featured, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, a smudge finish that required a restart because it was a... They both hit the... Got to the ground at the same time. Yeah. Hogan won at that point, but that's that's interesting. But then, so then let, let's let's kind of um, let's kind of weave around some of his other stops in the 80s. So he was in Georgia because everyone that was anyone was in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. He was a prominent figure in Mid-South in the early 80s. Um, there's actually a really memorable angle he's a part of where he was supposed to get a shot at Ted DiBiase in the North American heavyweight title. And he had been mm-hmm. kind of teaming up with Bob Roop, but like okay. Bob Roop sabotaged his car and so then bob roop took the title shot and won the title off of dibiase and screwed over the guy he was working with that is an interesting angle because they did um they did they they were doing like they were screwing with dibiase going into it like like roop and him like figured out how to reverse the figure four so there was this like tv main event where where orndorff like did you know what is the the standard hack turn and then DiBiase couldn't get out of it but he managed to survive to the time limit okay which um so that that's kind of some of the stuff he did in mid south uh i he feuded with the junkyard dog too i believe and then um yeah i think <laughs> i think Dick Murdoch. yeah and then um he was at Herb Abrams UWF <laughs> Now this is the but they actually did good money because the one smart thing Herb Abrams UWF did is they went around the horn doing a a dream match of the time. I mean some people might snicker at that when I say it, but it was Paul Orndorff versus Doctor Death Steve Williams. They went around the horn doing that and actually pulled fans because it was a novelty match of the time. Yeah, I mean I would have I would watch that. Oh, I would have paid money for that. Yeah. And then can um I, oh go ahead. Can I go back a second? I'm looking up his like Georgia Championship Wrestling and early work there. Son of a bitch, I didn't realize that the DiBiase Andre angle was essentially ripped off. Because Orndorf there was a there was an angle where Orndorf was the national heavyweight champion and Larry Zabisco couldn't beat him for the title. So what he did was that he paid Killer Tim Brooks $25,000 off, obviously like kayfabe, but he paid Killer Tim Brooks 25k to beat Brooks uh, to beat Orndorff with the with for the title, and he did using cheating, like he, I guess, used this as a chair, won the title, and then turned around and gave it to Zabisco, and then uh, NWA president Bob Geigel. <laughs> That's a <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. stripped Zabisco of the title because he did not win it. Is there? Is, okay. it, is there? A, that's a total. I didn't realize that they, they totally ripped that off. 
God. Is there a dumpier human being in this world than Killer Tim Brooks? Uh, Killer Tim Brooks, I kind of have like a soft spot for him. I haven't seen a, I've seen a few of his matches. Um, he just it, he looks just like like a hobo <laughs> from the streets. He looks like he looks like he's gonna beat you up, take his winnings, and go sleep in the dumpster out back for the night. Exactly. Um, but uh, he, yeah, I'm he, looking at pictures of Killer Tim Brooks right now. That's uh. He looks like a fellow that ain't got a whole lot to lose. He looks like a guy on Moondogs, and he would have he would have had to change nothing. <laughs> like that yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I don't know why they. <laughs> you know, it kind of makes me wonder why they hired Steve Kern instead of just getting t- Killer Tim Brooks. They wouldn't even have had to have done anything to make him Skinner. Yeah, he could have just been slaughtered right into that. But I think I think the the matches I've seen from Brooks. Are, have really actually just largely been uh, Japanese matches. Like, you know, he didn't work over in Japan. I can't remember if it's like, I think it's for all Japan, but I could be wrong. Actually, I take that back. Phil Hickerson might be a dumpier human being than Killer Tim Brooks. <laughs> Even though Phil Hickerson's awesome, but he was a dumpy human being. So Killer Tim Brooks was cousin to Dick Murdoch. I really? In real life? Yeah. I wonder if um that, I wonder if, in. I wonder if he uh he went all to all the same uh, clan meetings as Dick Murdoch. <laughs> I hope not. Uh yeah, I hope not. Ooh. There, there's Killer um, Tim Brooks. That's not an Killer exaggeration, Tim. by the way, if you're listening to this. There's there's plenty of um stories. Mm. Yeah, Dick Murdoch was a, a great uh, wrestler. He was really entertaining. But uh, real life, he <laughs> I don't he doesn't seem like he was a good person. That's one of those things where you got to go. He was a great wrestler. Yeah. And then you immediately go and start going. Oh, there's a bad news. Alan um, interview. He's talking about working with him in Japan and they were wrestling some green guys. And he said he started doing the, like he started high stepping and going, which way did they go? Which way did they go? Like the Looney Tunes thing. And he said he was laughing so hard that he like crawled under the ring to hide. And he's like, Dick Verdock like chased him down. He's like trying to pull. Him. I was like, what are you doing? Like you can't hide. He's just like he 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 said like he is a hundred percent a racist. But he said he was the craziest human being that he had ever <laughs> ever. Because wow. people said like some matches he would like someone would like do something and he'd go down and sell it. He'd start doing like the curly shuffle like on the the mat and stuff like it's just and then they said in wwe he got fired in the 90s because he was a coors rep and like he could go into a bar and like give them this card and get like unlimited beer and they said they had to fire him because everyone was just getting too drunk every night because (laughs) of him so just a quick quick background on some murdoch stories i found is Apparently, Dusty Rhodes had a story that Murdoch took him to a Klan party without telling him it was a Klan party. And he's like, no, and you then, can't. I, he's like, I'm the American dream, Dick. You can't take me to no Klan meeting. And then um, in 2014, Rocky Johnson apparently had this story saying that he was a member of the Klan. He said that he was having a match with Murdoch, and so he kept um, – kicking me hard and punching me. I said, you hit me one more time, I'm hitting you back. So Murdoch hit him, and he said, I knocked Murdoch out. So, you know, 
those are just two of the many stories I'm sure. But um, anyway, back to back to Orndorff. Um, where's my tab? I had that open. There's also um, it's not Dick Murdoch, but Dick Slater has an excellent episode on um, crime and sports. Actually, there's quite oh, a few really? good wrestler episodes on crime and sports because the Jeff Gaylord has one and his um, robbing the same bank multiple times. Uh, New Jack, <laughs> um, Tammy Lynn Sitch, Carrie Von Eric, Dick Murdoch had one. Um, who else had one? There's quite a few on there. Oh, uh, Teddy Hart had one on there. Uh, there, that really? does not surprise me. Yeah. Which is if, if you if you want a good podcast recommendation, that one's a good one because it doesn't always involve murder. Sometimes it's just about like athletes drunk driving repeatedly and not learning their lesson, and it's um it's an interesting show. And they're they're two comedians, so they keep it a little lighthearted. So are we gonna get a Jimmy Uso uh, oh. episode? <laughs> oh, we got we got it. We got to we got to let him build that resume up a little bit. Uh, he's already had three. That's uh. What was it three? He's had at I least knew, three. So it's well, he got, it was he, two. I wasn't sure if it was three. He got the one dismissed because he knows the game now. So he's going to just keep doing it, I think. Well, listen, just, even though we, we kind of make light of that, um, just leave leave the folks alone, on that alone. Like Jimmy's wife, Naomi, she had to like disable her Twitter because people were <laughs> harassing her about it so much. So it's just like, look. Just, fucking call an uber like i it's not yeah, i like, know I, i'm with you on that don't but i'm i'm saying you know the court of public opinion doesn't need to try and, and skewer these folks do you know albert hainsworth like paralyzed the guy that he like hit in an accident like permanently paralyzed oh wow no. <clears throat> yeah i mean they're drunk driving is still a, a thing i don't think it, it, hainsworth was drunk i think he just sucks at driving well, I, I'm saying DUIs in general are are a thing that literally destroys lives. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I in no way would suggest harassing the dude's wife. Like she's yeah. she's not making him drink a, a damn thing. Like that's his choice. But uh, it, it's kind of funny to joke. I'm making you know light of Jimmy Uso, but it really is like you if you. If you do it once, it's like, okay, maybe you made a mistake. You didn't know how drunk you were. The third time you do it, like, I, my sympathy for you really kind of goes out the my, window. My it's problem, like you need once to is an not accident, be anywhere. Once is an accident, twice is two accidents, three times is a pattern. But yeah, my, you my need problem, to not, my problem with that, well, we're leaving him out of this because he's been busted three times. But my thing is, if you get caught by the police doing it, it's not the first time you've done it. One. If you've gotten caught three times, that means you you do it as a as a regular activity. Yeah, you probably do. The one thing about that awful situation that I thought was you know quote unquote funny is that someone made a joke uh, on Twitter or something. Which it's a dark joke, but it's like they were doing it kind of as a kayfabe, uh, wink and a nod. Yeah. They're like, oh, Roman's the uh, tribal chieftain. He can't like head of the family, head of the table. He can't even call an Uber for. <laughs> His cousin. <laughs> it's like okay, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently WWE is not going to do anything about it. So no, I heard there. I heard um Fox is pissed off about it. So I've heard not. people are mad, but they're not actually going to do anything. So problem is the we'll problem see, is 
problem is that I think he kind of they need to he needs some form of repercussion because the problem is is he's fallen into a pattern and he seems to understand how to beat it legally and when someone's in this pattern you have to break him out of it before he something bad happens is my opinion yeah. and I'm saying that I'm saying that for his sake as much as anyone who's who he would hurt like it I know he probably had you know he's making bad decisions but like I don't think he wants like to have to live with if something bad happened. Yeah. Cause he blew, no. he blew some ridiculous amount too. Like he blew like a, almost a two, didn't he? It was something oh, high. It was like a 1.8, I think. Jesus. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not a little bit. Do you remember, um, this is going to go into levity, but do you remember, um, Hank the drunken dwarf on Howard Stern when they would give him breathalyzers and he'd blow like a three. That's yeah, I, I would I remember Yeah. And when he was drunk as fuck and he like destroyed Gary at like rock and roll trivia. Nope. <laughs> like he was answering just like stupid, like ridiculously like obscure like rock questions. Wow. I think he's been dead almost 20 years, actually. He's been dead a while. What yeah. what, what was his... What was Uso's blood alcohol level? I think it was like a 1.6 or a 1.8, maybe. I know he was probably... I think he was like around double the legal limit. Uh, let's see. When was this one from... It was uh, yeah yeah uh this the one this one uh the article I found says more than double the legal limit yeah so I try to find it because if it was like over over one like that's that's really bad like you are once you start getting like above a one like yeah. like one point something like then you're getting into like almost like lethal blood alcohol levels. Oh, here's, here's what it said. Um, the, uh, wow. Uh, a point two Oh five is what he blew on that breathalyzer. Wow. That's, he was either just doing it or he was. Yeah, that's, and that's, I mean, you get to a point, too, when you're talking about blackouts and stuff. Also, I mean, they've, they're have they old enough now. Shouldn't they be drinking just for, like, a good time instead of drinking to get fucked up like that? You would hey. think. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I don't know. That's, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with. With drinking culture, so. Well, I know a lot of my friends when they hit their like mid thirties, they slowed way down because they said the hangover started like lasting for. Like you weren't good like after an afternoon, like you were screwed for a while. Yeah. Oh, I mean, one thing that will do it, and like Shaq can probably tell you, it's like having having a kid or at least a young kid. <laughs> it's like I, I I will like. I will drink on the weekend, but it's literally it's like it's only beer, so it's it's not the the 
the alcohol content is obviously much lower. Yeah. And I, I like three beers is like the max, and that's over a course of like several hours, uh, because yeah. you don't want you don't want to have like a hangover. Um, when you have like a, a small child, like I, my wife and I, again, were sick this weekend and Sunday we felt like death and our daughter had recovered. So she was like, she literally like bouncing around the walls, like wanted to play and everything. And it's like, really hold that's, my head that's up, a, baby, yeah. I don't, I don't want that. So you don't, you don't want to have like a hangover in dealing with that. You so. don't want to be sensitive to sharp sounds like the crying of a small child that would just be like, yeah. Daggers. Yeah. Let me put it. Screeching is enough to be like, ah, it's like an ice pick in my head. Now, I think you don't want to be laying in bed in pain. And then your child, who is very excited to see you come running in and jump somewhere on your body and giggle Uh, in that high pitched. I'm happy to see you laugh. Um, Yeah, there's there's lots of ways where that's that's just not. I think um I think we're the younger audience members, the more our age and a little younger than us would remember Orndorff a little better. It's when he popped up in WCW for a couple years in the um the mid 90s. So this would be when he won the TV title for a couple months, and then when he and Paul Roma were pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. Which I actually think was a, a great use of Roma. Mm-hmm. It probably was the best use of Roma outside of. I thought Power he was a Glory. decent horseman. Not great. I don't think decent. He was a, He was nowhere near as terrible as kind of people make him out to be. But he was kind of like uneventful. I feel he's a little bad. He's better than Tom I, Zink. Yeah, I Is think Zink that, in the Horseman. No, I just meant in general for boring oh. like body guys. Just of, I actually, of every. Okay. I'm sorry, Matt. Give me a second. It, yeah. If you're going to be in the horseman, I feel like you need it, – it's not a, like, we're going to put someone in this to get somebody over. It's like, no, if you were going to be in the horseman, you were supposed to be over and have chops. I think he might have been a replacement for someone. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I anyway. was going to say that, that the, the power and glory tag team that Roma had with Hercules in the early 90s was kind of underrated. I feel like they – like in a different period, they probably would have done better. Maybe they would have had like a brief run with the t- the titles. They got undercut by LOD coming in. Yeah, they had a really cool finisher. Yeah, they did. I don't remember what it was. It was like a like a super. Uh, wasn't it Hercules did like a superplex, and then Roma came off in like a splash. Yeah, that's what. Oh, it wow. Was. Yeah, that is really cool. Well, visually, it looked really, really impressive the way they did it. I think he gets a bad. I think where he gets a bad rep is like the were they the young stallions where it was him and Jim Powers is a tag mm-hmm. like a, a low card tag team that people pretend like they got some like absurd push and then you watch like the actual footage and they were just beating jobbers here and there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I don't. I mean, he. I would. I would. I would never call Roma like my favorite, but I thought he was adequate. Okay, so I just looked up Power and Glory's tag finisher was the Powerplex, like you said, Superplex. Hercules does a Superplex, and Roma does a Flying Splash to go with it. So that's a that's a really good finish. 
I'm pretty sure that I don't think they do it. They haven't done it like all the time, but I'm pretty sure like the revival or FDR oh, really? has, have have done that finisher Probably. before. In that, kind of, that, those guys would not surprise me doing it at all. And to kind of tie into some of the other people we're going to talk about, one of the feuds um, Pretty Wonderful had, I think probably their biggest one, and I think it made pay-per-view, was Stars and Stripes was like their one of their main opponents because mm. I think they took the titles off of Stars and Stripes, which was, they we did. talked about them last week, which was Marcus Alexander Bagwell and the Patriot, who mm. also passed away recently. Yeah. We, we touched on... Um, Del Wilkes briefly, because we were going to talk about it more with the uh, as we went through some more GWF stuff. But yeah. um, it's a shame, you know, that um, the Patriots' career ended up kind of what stalled out there in the the late nineties and WWF. He suffered a hurt. tricep injury that he had suffered before, and that was it for him. Yeah. And, and that that's a shame. Um, I mean, on one hand, just if if you just put it in just on paper, it, then the the Patriot gimmick could sound both like a can't miss prospect and kind of cornball. But Del Wilkes had enough charisma that he just it just worked. I, I think where it was different than um, and this is just on my mind because I was listening to a between the sheets episode about it. But I think where it was different than like the Hulk Hogan, like Sergeant Slaughter thing is the Patriot did not come across cynical. Yeah, it felt like just a dude that that's like what he chose to like to be his thing. But yeah. like, I think his like where I think he benefited too though, is like. He had a bit of an accent, and he just, like, he really gave off this, like, this impression that he was just this, like, you know, white bread, like, American boy that, you know, yeah was uh, um, was proud of his country. And I think, I think that's why it worked, and even if, like, he still did that gimmick today, I think it would still work just because there was, there was a genuineness to it. Yeah. That's that. That's what I was trying to put into words. You're right. <laughs> this is a random thought. Like, if anyone was going to do the the Patriot gimmick uh, now, like I would, if if like if I was tasked with like that, we have bought the rights to the Patriot gimmick. This is, we're going to push this. It's going to work. I would actually throw it on like, uh, basically Preston Vance. I feel like oh. that dude. That dude kind of looks like the Patriot. I know he's he's a masked wrestler, but I mean, physique-wise, he actually kind of looks like Del Wilkes. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think of he, who I would. Yeah, he'd have on. the look to. He'd have the look to tear that off. Mm. I agree with you. That's that's a good. Wait, I mean, he, he's got the 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 look for it. We'd have to see if it would fit, I guess. But uh, you're right. I think I'd go with that. I can't think of anyone. Can't think of anyone that I would put that on. Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah. 
it's always hard because um, unless you have someone specifically passing a mantle along, then there's there, it's kind of you kind of run into this issue where someone picks up a previous gimmick to go with it. You know, there's kind of a, a bad taste in your mouth about the handoff. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm trying to think of who uh, there because there's not a lot of it, it's like there's so many cases of people being like oh this is the next Austin Rock Hogan whatever when the really successful ones are not the next whatever they are a new thing unto themselves well, you know though so I have to say though Hogan Hogan did did um Hogan and Austin both kind of picked things up from people before them. Like if you, if you see like Austin Idol in Georgia and some mm-hmm. Billy Graham, you know, Hogan, Hogan, Hogan lifted some good aspects of their acts. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's not what I mean. Like everybody borrows from somewhere because there's only so much under the sun you can do. There's what, what's the what's the base on it? There's only three stories you can really tell. I think six. Well, it, man versus man, man versus self, or man versus nature, and they're all. That's not true. Scott Steiner versus math is also a, a viable <laughs> story. The math was internally consistent um, no he kept his number that's i think that's what's amazing about that promo is i think his numbers actually stay <laughs> consistent they're the internally time. consistent i mean that's not how percentages work but it's internally consistent and that's his math it, works it, like he he might have been cheating yeah um but you know everybody's gonna lift from somewhere but they were very much their own thing uh so, you know, having someone who's going to be like, you know, because the Patriot was a different gimmick than Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But how, how yeah. would you sum them up? They're, they're both American Patriot guys. One of them's wearing a mask and one of them's not. And, but they're very, very different. So, yeah, I would. I see what you're saying. So then um, I want to go to a more obscure person. Well, let's let, let's do the more fun one first. Let's talk about um, let's talk about everyone's favorite um, criminal <laughs> who um, who he had a heart attack, right? Um, you know what? Let me check. Right. I think so. He was fifty nine, correct? Yeah, he wasn't that old. That one was a real shock to me that New Jack died like that. He was 58. Oh, so I gave him a year. Yeah. No. Um, fun guy for shoot interviews. Um, not just because I, nothing was kind of like off limits for him, like he just didn't care. There, I kind of, I kind of, I don't condone the way he behaved, but there was something I kind of respected about how unapologetically he was himself to the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I think someone brought up his last tweet, and I don't remember what it was, but it was totally like on brand for New Jack. 
I watched the dark side of the ring about New Jack with my wife, and by the way, she does. She did not like New Jack at all, and it's like you know, I get why. Um, but there was the questions like, well, where does New Jack end? Where does Jerome Young end and New Jack begin? And he was just like, uh, you know, really, they're they're kind of turned into the same person. And it's like, whoa, that's um, concerning, <laughs> right? Because to have some, to have not Jerome Young, but to have New Jack out in the real world, that's a uh, concerning proposition. I mean, he's fine when he's not wasted. The problem is he was just wasted a lot. Hey, yeah. Um, some of the stories are hilarious though like how he got in trouble at some show because he wanted 7-Up for like his booze to mix it with and they only had Sprite and it turned into like a whole fight (laughs) and he got banned from the building yeah I mean I didn't Uh, have to deal with any of his shenanigans so it's funny from afar but right right um, I liked when when he and Mustafa like crashed Jim Cornette's shoot interview that uh, that one tickled me because the thing that tickled me the most was how New Jack came in. Because they're sitting there talking, and they asked him, like, well, what do you got to say about New Jack? And Corny's like, well, I mean, I can't say a whole lot about New Jack because he did everything I asked him to. I just wish he would have left on better terms. And then you hear, why can't we be friends? Why can't? And here comes New Jack in with two champagne glasses and a big bottle of bubbly my favorite part of that was him being like um well there's two stories i like i don't i don't think it was from the same one but him talking about like yeah all this shit everyone was mad at me for saying he was telling me to say it <laughs> and the <laughs> one's the stuff he told me to say and the one where um he was talking about being at uh i think he's talking about being at a show in west virginia during Smoky Mountain, he said, like, some little kid came up to him and, like, rubbed his arm or something. Yeah. And he's, like, told the kid to come back. He's like, well, like, what are you doing? And he's like, my dad told me if, like, if, like, they rub you, like, the black comes off on us. <laughs> he's just like, get <laughs> the fuck so out of here. Bad. I know. Yeah. But, I mean, what, I mean. What What was his most famous, the, the really famous one? Oh, he Kiss cut? My, uh, oh, um, it was about O.J., yeah, it was like oh, 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 yeah, that's right. OJ, good job. Two down, more to go, or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. It was, and at the time, it was like, oh, you, that was like a live wire. Like, oh my god, you could not see that. Well, he said, Especially um, in the, in in the geographic area <laughs> that he was saying that in. There's yeah. a funny shoot. I think it's the same one where he talked about that, but he was talking about like. There's something about saying kiss my black ass that just pisses white people off. <laughs> and like he said, like the first time he said that in Smoky Mountain, like he just like it was just like he said it was like an eruption of like booze. Like he just like had never heard it like do that before because he's like he's just like he said Cornette like they'd be going out in the corner just be like, yeah, just make white people angry. And he's like, OK, like I can do that. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Corny was telling him to do what he was good at, and he was really good at it. Um, but you know that, that 
I speak from experience in that part of the world. If you're too good at it, that can be uh, risky behavior. There's a funny Honky Tonk Man interview, I think, where they were doing the hoe bag with him. And Marlena came up. He's like, I'm not going to say anything bad about her because New Jack will stab me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some... um... Yeah, there's some... some, uh... I don't know the the story. I know there is there are claims to he's committed murders, and according to Meltzer, the one that they that they can confirm was justified. But I do not know the the um I do not know the ins and outs of that. I know he mentioned it in Beyond the Mat. He said he had three, but that that seems disputed, and Meltzer is only. Meltzer will, will say there was one and it was justified that he knows about. So I do not know the ins and outs of that. Did that happen pre uh, wrestling career or post? I think pre. He, he talks about it pre, on the mat. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. If if I had to guess, I'm betting it's something when he was a teenager or in his early twenties, and it was probably, I don't know just something he stumbled into and had to get out of, if I had to guess. Yeah, and beyond the mat, I believe the phrase was, it, it was, was it was them, them or me. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know, but I, here's the thing, is, is the thing I'd heard from the longest time was that there was just, that that nobody could confirm any of them. But if, if Meltzer's like, oh, we can confirm one of them, and that's. I think that's what Meltzer something. said. I'd have to look. It's it's. I know it was it was bandied about a bit after his death, or okay. it's been bandied about recently about the authenticity of of those. Of the claim. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and probably his most notorious early internet incident is the mass transit thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably the most egregious thing he did in a wrestling ring. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that if for people who have not, I guess this is kind of like a sign of the times. Like people who are younger who really kind of missed out on ECW in general, like original ECW, mm-hmm. were just not aware of how like serious like that this was like a really big thing in like the late 90s early 2000s yeah. when this this was huge how it was big it got it them re- banned from they, they couldn't get on pay-per-view for another year or two after that um yeah yeah and if you're not for those who are not aware of it it was an incident was it at a house show yeah it was at i a think house it was because because he was um he lied about his age yeah, yeah. It, it was a worker, uh, Eric, was it Eric? Eric Kulas. Eric Kulas. Yeah. Yeah, who uh, claimed that he had training, and I think he was there with his father, who, like, they, they basically lied. He was a 17-year-old. He had, like, no training whatsoever, but they claimed he had been to, like, wrestling school, and uh, ECW, I don't exactly, I mean, there are all sorts of shit happened at ECW. Like, well, I don't really, ECW was checking. a disorganized mess. Yeah, I, that, I doubt they were checking. Um, had no... Let's let's just say let's just let's just let's just throw it all out there. ECW was a completely immoral company that would pretty much let anything fly if they thought it would make them 
two cents. Um, yeah. If if they thought they could just get away with it. Yes, and most people were either like high as a kite or getting blown backstage, from what um, most stories say. Or both. Yes. Or or they yeah, were saying like, Todd oh. is God, um, which <laughs> always cra- that's one of my favorite Sandman ones, but we won't go into that. Yeah. Anyway, that, uh, that was actually. When they asked um they asked Too Cold Scorpio about the in the dick bag and that's the first thing he said when they brought up Todd Gordon he's just like Todd is God. <laughs> um, anyway, in the incident, uh, it was like a tag match that it, uh, I forget who I forget exactly the makeup, but it was like uh, the gangsters I think working against this kid named Eric Kulas who his gimmick was he was mass transit he was dressed like a New York transit worker. Yeah. Like a bus driver. Yeah, uh, he was a big old dude. Yeah, he was a big kid. Uh, and he asked New Jack, I don't know, why, why would you do this? But He said he said uh, that he didn't know how to blade and asked New Jack to do it for him. Now He asked New Jack to do it for him. Yeah. Uh, and New Jack agreed. And looking it up, it actually, like, the, the blade that was that was used was like a surgical scalpel which it's, it's like, like a box why, cutter, yeah why would you do that it's like it, it, a razor blade is bad enough yeah but it, if you if you obviously i'm i mean i'm not a worker shad you were i don't know if you ever bladed or knew someone who did like you can tape it up so that just a little bit of the blade is there so that if you, yeah. when you do the blading you're making kind of a shallow cut well i mean the surgical scalpel it, that's that's a more serious implement. Yeah, because if, if people have never used a surgical scalpel for something, if you just if you just if you just miss a little bit and give yourself a little tiny poke, you're gonna bleed. Like they, a surgical oh, yeah. scalpel yeah. is like, you're, it's yes. like a knife through butter. They, they that's are the reason, super sharp. They're yeah. super sharp and they have to be because they're meant for surgery. Like and they're they, yeah. and they're like a the difference too. I think is a blade, a blade. A blade gives you like a wider cut that I think closes easier, but like a surgical one is like a very fine, deep, like that's gonna yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna go deep. Now yeah. here's the thing: you're talking about a surgical scalpel. I thought that it was done with a box cutter. I thought it was a switchblade actually back in the day. Um, I thought that they it had been done with a box cutter, but. The truth of the matter is, he said to New Jack, you know, I want you to blade me. And New Jack's just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Good, let's Don't do this. Don't have to ask me twice. Yeah. yeah. I, and so yeah, he, did. he did. And then he... New Jack's like, he, New Jack's just like, bitch, you're my canvas now. Yeah. So he did, and he cut too deep and severed some arteries. More than I think, too. Yeah. The, the kid was bleeding everywhere and bleeding to the point where he had to get like medical attention. And I don't mean like, well, we got to stitch him up. I mean, he needed like serious medical they, attention. They like yeah. had to get an ambulance yeah. and like stretcher him out, I think. Yeah. And I then mean, his, his dad ran yeah. out at some point and said he's only 17 in the middle of all that because <sighs> yeah, it's ECW. Yeah. Um, there's so much that's so screwed up about that story. That yeah. it it's hard to to you know put a finger on about anything with it, but 
and New Jack's and, and unapologetic. New Jack. It's unapologetic about it. Now, I'm gonna say this, and this is not a defense of New Jack because he shouldn't have cut him that deep, but Paul Heyman should not have let it get to the point where that guy was in a ring with New Jack to be put in that situation, even though he shouldn't have done it and he's not apologetic about it. Like, I still think Heyman deserves a lot of blame for that happening. Yeah. There are some people in the wrestling business that you are like, you are okay with putting in the ring with, uh, with rookies, with greenhorns, with whatever you want to call them. Then there are some people that you are not. And the fact of just just doing that with New Jack is pretty damn negligent. Um, I mean, let's call it what it is. That's that is a negligent ass thing to do. And so the because New Jack seems like I think where that's really negligent is. New Jack seems to be the type of guy that you have to be able to stand up for yourself with, like in the middle of a match. If you're not giving back what he's given to you, then there's going to be a problem. P.D. Williams talked about that with Scott Steiner. He said, like, oh, yeah, Scott Steiner will want to do, like, some dumb crap, and you just, like, if you throw it back at him, he'll just be like, oh, okay, well, let's do this instead. Yeah. Um, there are... There are some people that will uh, take advantage of veteran status when they're like, well, we're OK, we're going to do this. And you're told you listen to the vet and, and do it their way because they know more than you do. But the problem is that there are some of them that will take advantage of it. And so there needs to be a certain aspect of, yeah, I'm not doing that, um, that, that goes into it. Um, the other thing about New Jack, at least for me is that the way I look at it is, and and from watching that uh, Dark Side of the Ring, my wife disagrees with me. I'm sorry, we got a little background. But um, New Jack is, like, if you poke the bear, you're going to get bit. That's, that like, that last thing that uh, New Jack, that was in the, the Dark Side of the Ring episode was that guy who who, like, decided he was going to make a name for himself by rolling hard on New Jack or something like that. And New Jack stabbed the hell out of him. Um, it's like, look, you you went into this knowing his reputation and you decided that that was going to be your move. Um, dude, going like, no, that on one hand, no, that should not have happened at all. Absolutely not. But on the other hand, um, oh, that that, that one from a couple years ago, down in Florida. See, see, my my argument for that is, and this does not condone New Jack, but people that were mad that New Jack stabbed someone is like getting upset when a tiger mauls someone. It's like it's a tiger being a tiger, and like for that, it's like that's New Jack being <laughs> yeah. New Jack. Kind of what I'm getting at. Like I'm, I, I am. No, I'm not happy with that kind of behavior. But then on the uh, you, you know you're uh, you know you're playing with fire in doing that. And he's and, kind of just like a natural. I think. I mean, obviously his choice and everything, but I think I think some people are just natural magnets for chaos. 
And he seemed to be just a consistent force for chaos in the world. I was just gonna say, I think he's an agent of chaos. Yeah. I mean, not to not to like invoke DC universe stuff here, but that's about the most fitting thing I can come up with. I think I think I think what would probably be scary is like being backstage and New Jack's being like, "I'm bored. Like, let's let's start stabbing someone." <laughs> yeah. You sit. It's it, it's like Jr. sitting next to Stu Hart, and Stu Hart gets bored. And it's like nope, 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 nope. I mean, we if we want to talk about hey. creepy, we can talk about um, <laughs> Stu Hart taking young boys back to his basement and like stretching them in like a makeshift ring. Hey, you want you want to go down the basement stretch? Right, so that's my. You want to be a wrestler, huh? Yeah, you're a wrestler. You go ahead nope. and stretch. Nope. I, I I have to again. Um, <laughs> I think it was a, I, I think it was a Bobby Heenan joke. I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll bring it up again. One of the best like throwaway Bobby Heenan jokes when <laughs> I think he's doing commentary with Vince. Uh, <laughs> well, let me let me look up the exact. Let me look at let me look it up really quickly. Sorry guys, and this is like taken away from the show. Um. Okay, I forget what pay-per-view it was, but yeah, it was Vince McMahon. Like, Vince McMahon goes, oh, the... Helen Hart is sitting behind us. And he goes, oh, that's the smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's such a dick thing. <laughs> but it's still one of my favorite Bobby lines. And you have, to, you have to imagine, like, Bobby had, like, a million great lines. I think what's terrifying is I think Brett talked about in one of his books, he used to, like eat ice cream on the front porch and like victor i think the wrestling bear was in his cage like under the porch or something okay and it's just like wow that's really that's really some great parenting there yeah just having a bear around yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah okay uh, i'm i'm going back to new jack for just a second because i was looking <laughs> at looking at some resources about him because it's Oh yeah, we forgot one other thing: is New Jack in balcony dives. Holy crap! That that blew up in his face because one of those pay per views he got seriously injured to the point where he even got brain damage. Yeah, that was, and he was out that for was a in two thousand. Yeah, um, where they fell off the balcony and then they had a rematch in XPW, and he just apparently it, like the match was with Big Grimes and then in XPW he just threw Grimes off of a scaffold. Um, yeah, I I think it was like he blamed Grimes for his injury, and so he mm-hmm. I think it, I think the I mean at the time like I think the rumor was that he you, you, you never really can tell if New Jack is joking or serious, but I think it's at one point someone basically said like I'm gonna kill that fucker like he's gonna yeah he then threw the guy off. People didn't think well. Oh, like he was joking. If you thought, okay, you were actually really trying to seriously hurt him badly. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, I remember he like beat the shit out of uh, Gypsy Joe. Yeah. In, like the early 2000s to the point where people were like, "What the fuck?" Because at that point, Gypsy Joe. I mean, Gypsy Joe was was famous for working at like at least well into like brutal like like mm-hmm. he went into. Sh- uh, and it was like really kind of dark. Yeah. Now I gotta. And I will say this about Jack. Like I didn't. 
Go ahead. No, no. Finish your thought. No, we'll come back to it later. With with New Jack, like I, I guess I kind of there's something about his he had legit charisma. So there are things about him that that I kind of find entertaining and I kind of. But he is kind of indicative of the things I did not like at all about ECW. Because yeah. Yeah. his his matches were very formulaic, and that's what worked for him. It, made, it got him very over, and it got ECW very over. But they're indicative of what I like hated about ECW. It's like he'd go out, and it would just be like however long it was. Let's give it like 10 minutes. He'd be like 10 minutes of literally garbage wrestling where it's like it's not even wrestling. It's just he, he's going out there with weapons, and he's assaulting someone. And then they, they uh, or in the ring with weapons, and eventually, like someone, like he he gets his opponent like onto a table or some structure, and then he does like a, a like a scaff a platform dive yeah. onto them, and that was pretty much rinse and repeat for like two three years. I think yeah. his um, and, my favorite mm-hmm. work of his was um, when he was teaming up with Shark Boy and early TNA. Yeah, that was different. Like that was actually something different. Um, and uh, he had, but that that is what I didn't like about. He was kind of indicative of, of what I didn't like about ECW. It was like it's just the definition of like garbage wrestling. Yeah. Like there was no like flow to it. It was just crap. It, it wasn't. That, it wasn't really wrestling. It was just. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying this. to hate. I'm not trying to hate on the guy like that that was bad but it's like i've seen stuff in the in the 20 years since ecw has folded i've seen way worse stuff i've seen you know indie dudes you know light tubes yeah and barbed wire and shit like that for i imagine like 50 bucks at the end of the night or that like um, i see that mm-hmm. one where we saw the guy try and do a balcony dive and he just totally misses oh yeah Oh, I mean, if you want to talk about guys who actually have, like, a name, like, the the John Zandig, Joey Janela jump off the roof into, like, a, a truck bed was a, an absolutely horrific spot. And, like, Zandig and Janela actually, he actually saved my life because, like, the, the way I was going to land, it was going to, like, you know, seriously injure me. Mm-hmm. Like that, I've seen really, I've seen worse shit than what New Jack did. In, I had in that Pagano Chessman match from Triple Mania last year. But that there was a lot of unneeded things in that. Yeah. I still don't know why he assaulted Hugo Savinovich. Like I don't know what that. <laughs> what was that? What was the purpose of that? You know what the best part about that was is like the finish was like a like. They did something, the finish was the safest one because you could actually see they went into, like, foam. No. And the okay. best part was that was a Disney collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. What were you telling us the other day that um, Disney wanted to do something with Blue Panther Jr. and then they were upset? No, Blue they brought Demon Blue Jr. Devil, Blue Demon Jr. up. Blue Demon. And they were, having, um, they were having a production meeting with him and the security and the executives were all mad that he wouldn't take his mask off. It's like, you guys called him masked luchador in and you're going to be mad that he didn't take his mask off. I don't understand that. They're like, 
because like if if I was in that position, I'd be like, okay, well he is he's you know a wrestler, so he's an art you know like he's an artist, and they're kind of eccentric and weird. Why don't we talk to someone that knows something about luchadors so they can say, dude's not gonna take off his mask because he's kayfabing you. Um, it, this is this is the house of mouse. They don't care to ask about any of that. They're just. If they can't, if they don't have it and they want it, they throw money at it until it's theirs, and then they demand everybody do it their way. It's a, you're gonna do what I tell you to, huh? Or just waste gotta, money on Star Wars and never make that initial investment back. I've got to thank, um, I've got to thank South Park so much because that that portrayal of Mickey Mouse has just given me so much mileage. Just. It's just perfect, and it it has aged wonderfully. But so, a quick question before we finish, because uh, just looking around, someone's noted here that New Jack's finish was a one eight seven. Was that just him jumping off of something? Yes. Is that all that was? Okay. Yes, because quote unquote big splash. Because but, New Jack had the grace of like a dead fish launched out of a catapult. <laughs> That's that's why I didn't say big splash. That's why I said New Jack jumps off of something. It um, has about the the grace of like Orange Cassidy doing like a big splash off the top rope. Well, except Cassidy's is supposed to be funny. Well, yes, but I mean, no, I would not say New Jack ever did anything like gracefully. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um. Anyway. And I think even any bit of, like, entering ability had got eroded in ECW from, like, the injuries of the, the style and stuff. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like how Sabu, if you see him in, like, the early 90s, um, still does dumb crap. But, like, you can just see the deterioration of, like, the dumb shit he does in ECW just um, mm-hmm. eroding his talent. Yeah. Yeah. There's a... No, that's that doesn't really fit. So never mind. We're not gonna go into that. Um, so our last so, one of the evening is yeah. probably someone a lot of people listening probably haven't seen unless you're older. But so this is Don Cronodal, probably most famous for the final conflict, which was uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood versus Sergeant Slaughter and Don Cronodal in a cage for the NWA World Tag Team Titles. He also was in Sergeant Slaughter's Cobra Corps with um, it was Slaughter, him, and then I think it was Private Jim Nelson, who later became Boris Zukov. Mm-hmm. So he was mostly like a mid- mid-Atlantic guy. Like, I think if, you, if you're going to see any footage of him, that's where you're going to see it. But he was about done there by like 1985. So, yeah, you probably gonna have to dig to like see footage of him mm-hmm. yeah so apparently but, but I, ahead, I would i would say that if you I, definitely do the mid-atlantic stuff and uh with slaughter when they, their feud with ricky steamboat and jay youngblood which still those matches still hold Those matches for like the longest time were considered some of the best tag team matches of all time, or at least the last like let's say forty years. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely check those out. 
I, I, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> um, it, they, Carnoodle uh, and and Nelson won the the tag team championships before like he, before the tag team champ he won the world tag team championship with Slaughter. <laughs> They won them off the team of Jay Youngblood and the wrestler who I still feel has like the best kayfabe name of all time, Pork Chop Cash. Yes. <laughs> I have never really seen any Pork Chop Cash work. Like I really actually good. want to see. But that's sad because I feel like that's such a great name. Yeah, I, I love that name too. Uh, he, he shows up in Memphis from time to time. We we I could find you some Pork Chop Cash stuff. I think mm. he's not as bad as like um. The guy that always pops up on these that I, I just can't stand watching him is like Rufus R. Jones. He's just terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so the idea of the Cobra Corps was like um, Slaughter took like pretty much just two nobodies and like trained them up to be good wrestlers. So it's like Kernodal and, and Nelson are like boot camp guys. They're wearing like your standard like army stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the gimmick was. I think he also had the world tag titles with Ivan Koloff. And then um, he, he, he had the six man titles with Koloff and Nikita. Mm. And then in early 85, he was, he was feuding with them because I think he turned face and they did this like flag match. And then I think, like, it turned into the the Russians, and then Slaughter came back to team with him and Steamboat against them on, like, an arena show. Mm-hmm. But he's, so, weird, he's a... weird bit of trivia about Don Cronodal that I'm just going to throw in. Supposedly, he and his brother Rocky were on America's Funniest Home Videos... And won the ten thousand dollar grand prize. Really? Yeah. So there's a, there's a story about them getting uh, provoking their miniature pincher and growl, growl and snarl by doing things to for that that apparently won at some point. Weird as that is, but yeah. Yeah, I remember I've seen Rocky Cronodal wrestle, but he was usually a jobber. Apparently he teamed with Don a fair bit. That makes sense. But, uh, so yeah, that's that's Don Cronodal. Like, there's not a ton of him available comparatively to like some of the other guys we talked about, but um, he was an important part of some angles, and he deserves to be remembered and not just be like some footnote in in history and like as a news bulletin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he just got into the he. The sad <coughs> thing is he died right before because he was supposed to go to like the the Thez Tragos Hall of Fame induction ceremony this year, and he was really excited about it because he was getting inducted. Oh. So he man. got inducted uh, posthumously, I think just a couple weeks ago, or next weekend actually. I think next oh. weekend's the big Thez Tragos thing. Oh, that's rough, man. Yeah. It's been a rough it's been a rough two years because like it's not 
the last rash of them has not been like what it was in the early 2000s where it was like all these active guys dropping dead like it's been a lot of um just guys we all grew up with and have have like known forever like as fans like are just dying of old age yeah that that's sad and it kind of I don't know, like a personal level, it's like I'm getting older. Like the people that I watched like as a kid are now dying of like kind of like old age or what at least like health complications that people who are of more advanced age get. And that really kind of makes me feel like old. I I will say this though. This is going to, this is a weird comment to say because we're obviously we're talking about death, but I'm, it, and it's sad to say this. I guess it just it, it has, it's a it's a, a I don't know if like too severe, but it's kind of like a reflection of the industry. All, all these deaths that we're talking about, at least these people died. They had lived a life versus like you know this dude is uh was thirty had a lot of promise then he like died of a drug overdose. Eddie Eddie yeah. Kurt yeah. Henning, Rick Rude. Um, yeah. It's um, not a guy who died yeah. before his time. Because Louis Spicoli. Yeah. Yeah. At least these guys, you know, died after having lived like a, a reasonably full life, a, a decent life. I guess the the youngest of them was what, maybe Patriot, because he was fifty nine, almost yeah, fifty nine. A uh, New Jack, I guess, was fifty eight. He was. Oh yeah, amazing. New Jack was because I think. But I, New Jack, I mean, I almost feel like fifty eight was. Oh, he's been cheating the Grim Reaper for about. Surprised he lasted long. Yeah. 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 No, because I mean, I think, I think, I think New Jack is one of those guys that if you would have asked him at any point in his life, he would have told you that he was going to die young, and I think he was even surprised probably when he got into his later fifties. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Jack's not someone that I mean, this is going to sound kind of cold, but he's not someone I would have looked at and gone, oh, you know. I bet he's gonna he's gonna make it in a way late age. You know, it's, it's just lived, like he lived yeah. hard too. Yeah, and well, it's like Perry Sagan oh, yeah. lived hard too, and the fact that Perry's still kicking around is pretty impressive. Um, but I don't know, you know, how much how much mileage he's got left on his body. So yeah, I don't know. Jake's still going. That's true. Scott Hall's still going too. Yeah, it, Jake and Scott are. I mean, they've cleaned up, but as Scott still has his um his um I'm, problems. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm knocking on wood. I'm hoping Jake Jake lasts a, a good while longer. I think I'm I I'm, think he's mostly like he's the like it seems like he's turned it around that it's stuck it's stuck he seems like he's been good for about eight to nine years now he seems like he's healthier in the aew stuff he's done well i mean ddp uh, like locked him in a house for like two years yeah i think he still lives at uh, at ddp's house like you know as a way of um making sure that he's keeping himself you know on the narrow but uh yeah 
Jake had been kind of a mentor to Paige, and Paige was like, no, I, I've got to do what I can to try and, and help him. Yeah. So. Uh, this is, I think, we've kind of said this before, at least I've said it before, Like, but if there was like a humanitarian award for wrestling personalities, like DDP actually deserves for all the, the things that he's done mm-hmm. yeah. to, to help wrestlers out and even just regular people. And you've met him, haven't you, Shad? Yes, I have. He's, is, he seems like he's probably just legit a nice guy. He is. Um, the, or at least he comes off that way. Yeah, I met him at a convention, and I just went to go get a picture with him. And he, I, I got to talk to him a little bit because there weren't a whole lot of people around. And I admitted to him, like, you know, look, you're always, like, my favorite guy in the late 90s WCW. And I admit, uh, you know, I, you know, stole your diamond cutter as a finish when I was on the Indies. And he goes, what do you mean was, bro? And I, because it's a, he talked, <laughs> that's how he talks. And I was like, well, you know, uh, I've been in martial arts since I was 10 and a lot of injuries caught up with me and I screwed my neck up. He goes, bro, how old are you? And I think at the time I was like 35, 36. And he goes, bro, I was just getting started at that point. I was like, yeah, I know, but. Docs are like, look, you know, dude, you know, you're not gonna be able to hold up. Like, anyhow, I was like, and so, you know, I just had to had to go ahead and hang him up and enjoy the time I had. And he he grabbed one of the DDPY stickers he had at the time. He's like, bro, I developed this for people like you and me. You should get into it. And I was like, hey, thank you very much. And you know, I'm doing my best. I'm keeping it together. Um, and you know, I got a I've got a good picture of him, you know, with the belt and that sort of stuff. And I'm of a height with him. And truth be told, I, I have DDP yoga stuff. I, I should really make it more of a point to do it. I have not. I'll admit it is way tougher than you think it is getting into it. I did a, I did one session that Stevie Richards was leading, and it beat me to death. Um, but I, he gave me these stickers, and I got my picture, and I thanked him very sincerely. He said, you take care of yourself, bro. And I, I walked away, and I made sure that I went, like, two blocks down and turned the corner, and I stopped. And then I, I had my little fanboy moment when nobody around knew what I was talking about. I stood there, and I went, I'm people like this with Diamond Dallas Page! <laughs> but, yeah, I came off as just super approachable, super nice guy. You know, I found some random, like, weirdo indie from, like, the early 90s, and he was, like, doing commentary on it. With... Wow. Who was he hmm. doing it with? I'll have to go see if I can find that. Because I wanted to, I should have saved it because I wanted to do it on the show because it was like a weird like mix of guys and stuff and I had no idea what it was. It's interesting. He posts a lot of old pictures from like early on stuff when he was managing on his Facebook. Oh, he was a scuzz when he was like a manager. <laughs> yeah. But he puts that up there and he's just like, that's what I was doing at the time. He was, um... He managed Bad Company that came out to Bad Company by Bad Company off of the <laughs> album Bad Company. <laughs> that joke will never get old. Which they they um they were an underrated. T- Actually, you know, Pat Tanaka is a really underrated talent. Because now I want to see. Actually, one of the uh, a match that I had. Um, uh, one of the matches I had whenever I was leaving a particular uh, uh, 
leaving a particular promotion was against a guy who his his gimmick was bad company. And so he was bad company, J.T. Walker, who made his entrance to bad company by bad company from the album Bad Company. God, he's only about like 30 years too late for that <clears throat> gimmick. Uh, you know what? It worked. It, it was just kind of a bridge gimmick, something he was doing while he figured else, something else out, and it, it worked. So I can't, you know, can't be too mad about it. So um, that's it for that. We just kind of diverted because um, Orndorff happened and Del Wilkes just happened, and um, we had kind of glossed over New Jack and Don Cronodal, and I we kind of felt bad about the glossing over parts and that we didn't like give Del Wilkes more attention, even though he's going to get the GWF stuff. But we just kind of wanted to kind of recap the last couple months worth of guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we, we want to be fair because, you know, as, as, like, you know, Don Cronodal would not have gotten his whole episode, but with with Orndorff being kind of the catalyst, then yeah, that's we can go ahead and and we can go ahead and talk about everybody in one And go. New Jack New Jack as a per, not as a wrestler in my opinion, but as a personality and like a part of wrestling like deserves to be discussed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean it it, it is he, he left his mark in the business. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, very stabby little marks, but they they're there. <laughs> no, but all, all joking aside, though, I mean, like, there's not a guy that has done probably more shoot interviews and has been more entertaining, just like talking, than New Jack. Like, I I look his shoots up all the time because the guy's just entertaining to listen to. He always has good. St- he always had good stories. Like he, you know, he was a great storyteller. Like he really kept your attention. Like he just was a good. Um, he was a good talker. He, I'm not. He is. Um, it's a phrase I'm looking for here. He he is not someone I look up for it. But whenever I do listen to him talk, it is, it's interesting. And um, he has I, a good sense of humor and there's like a certain level he's kind of self-deprecating at times like it's um it's um he's an interesting guy to listen to he certainly is but I also think, though, some of the things people get mad at him about were, like, you know, he's talking about mass transit. He's like, well, he asked me to just do it, and I did it. Like, I think sometimes <laughs> I think sometimes people get upset because I think, I think, I mean, I think he means it, but I also think he's a very sarcastic guy. And, like, yeah. I think he has a very, there are times where he has a very droll sense of humor. Like, if you really, like, there sometimes... Are... Yeah, there. I'm I'm agreeing with you. If your sense of humor is too dry, that can cut. Like I went, I went. If I don't watch myself, my sense of humor can get very dry sometimes. And there have been people who thought that I absolutely hated their guts because 
I wasn't doing like the teenage sarcastic thing. I was just, you know, just kind of making offhanded remarks. Then and sometimes I forget that maybe it gets a little too much inside baseball, um, which I try not to do on here. But uh, yeah, that if if you're a little too dry, then it's real easy to take uh, in a manner other than intended. Yeah. But I think that's it for this week. We're going to probably come back next week with the second part of our cartoon characters. Um, I promise you, I think the ducks are all done. <laughs> Pretty you sure. Know, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I can throw some ducks back on there. Yeah, I um, can too. Oh, man. <laughs> I actually... Oh, it's uh, going to drive this, us quackers. Gizmo this, ducks. This week. <laughs> This weekend, like, again, I was, like, my wife and I were sick all weekend, but um, while we were, like, convalescing, I actually turned on Disney Plus and I watched the the first two episodes of Duck. I have, that's, I'm saving that for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. But I'll get to it eventually. I did watch all of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, I think, last year. At the height of like the pandemic, hmm. we'll talk about it next. Um, we'll talk about it on the next episode. But there is one show that I, I want to go back and revisit, and I just haven't taken the time to dig it up. And um, so past that, we have the rest of the GWF TV title tournament, and I think we're gonna do a highlight episode on Hacksaw Jim Duggan in Mid South UWF because Matt saw some clips today. And wants to see like serious Duggan, and we found oh, yeah. like we found the hossiest of hoss fights to ever hoss, because <laughs> it's it's King Kong Bundy, one man gang, Steve Williams, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a ring, and I don't know how they didn't break it. That is just so much testosterone in one place. I was like, that's a lot of beef in one <laughs> ring. I don't even know how you have that, and people in the crowd don't start growing well, more hair on their chest. I was watching Doctor Death looks weird because his hair is not right, and he's like really young, oh, and it's okay. like he's a little more. He's like he hasn't like he hasn't like refined his workout, so he's like really like bulky. He hasn't gotten like that like leaner kind of look he has later in life not that he was ever lean but right but I, I know what you're getting at. and um there's probably going to be a gary albright episode coming up because we were being highly entertained by gifts of gary albright just like doing like ridiculous suplexes on people <laughs> i at least want to watch like the gary albright vader UWFI match. There, there were definitely, um, there were there were definitely some ridiculous suplexes in that. I'm actually probably gonna get that Blu-ray comp of his stuff on IVP. Okay. Well, everybody, we want to say thank you for joining us for this episode. Um, if there are any stories we left out or any stories you particularly liked, we'd love to or, hear from you on social media. Or um, also just if it's if it's if it's extra special and you were stabbed by New Jack, please feel oh. free to tweet us your story. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's put that on there, too. Um, 
anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, go ahead and hit us up. And so, with all of that, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters, you're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.